the truth. Bingo! You are now listening to the facts. Back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. I'm Jules Schmitz, accompanied by James Jackson, Jake Galley, who is not here, and Stat Matt, crunching numbers right in front of me. This past week in sports, the Raptors and All-Star guard Kyle Lowry agreed to a one-year, $31 million contract extension. The NBA preseason began. German soccer great, Bastian Swan... You have a go ahead, try go ahead. Schweinsteiger. Schweinsteiger. You're close. <laughs> Announces his retirement. That's a name right there, man. Like that's a name uh, of all good names. God. <laughs> you wouldn't US... know he was German without it. Right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you we could we could have just caught the German part. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Team USA was eliminated from the Rugby World Cup. Chargers running back Melvin Gordon ends holdout and rejoins his team. Simone Biles takes home her world record-breaking 21st gold medal as Team USA wins their fifth consecutive world championship. Here's a fact straight at you. The 49ers lead the NFL in DVOA, and since 2004, 13 out of 15 teams that led the NFL in DVOA through five weeks went on to win their division. Will the 49ers continue that trend? I mean, it's certainly looking like it for, you know, for for the first four or five weeks of the season, I will say they're like a soft undefeated team. Like a little that, bit, yeah. That, that, that went against week the schedule. That, a little bit of week schedule. They they kind of fortunately had a bye week on the barrage of all the all the yeah. undefeated teams going down. And that game Monday night seemed to me just as much as the Browns being horrid, as much as the 49ers being good. Like I don't know about you. Like that was yeah. that was one of the worst. Team I know Nick Bosa was great, but that Browns are line. <laughs> was was terrible. Yeah. The Browns line was terrible. Baker Mayfield looked awful. I don't know whatever OBJ was was doing on that punt return. He was trying to make something out of nothing. That, like to me, that looked like one of the worst team performances that we've seen so far this it season. Actually, like from top to the, bottom, was pretty bad. It's literally worse than any performance under Hugh Jackson in terms of the combination of points they lost by and yards they were outgained by. Right. It never happened under Hugh Jackson. It's, it's definitely the worst in NFL history. It's okay. definitely top five. You know, besides the first two games of the Miami Dolphins season, probably the Redskins game against the Patriots this past week too. Like there other than that, there's not many two there's not too many like bad team performances. Yep. This definitely goes up there. But let's not take any shine away from the Niners. Like, as fluky as their season's start is, yeah. the 49ers are actually the 49th cur- the, uh, excuse me. The 49ers won their 49th career game on this past Monday Night Football, which is the most wins in NFL history, which is very hard to believe if well, you're just talking a normal conversation. Yeah, but that's the, true. Stat, the stats speak for themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's they play a whole lot of Monday Night Football games. The Montana most, and Young Years. Yeah, right. they're like one of the most historic franchises, and they've had a bunch of dynasties, which mm-hmm. you put dynasties on Monday Night Football. This team isn't a dynasty. This team isn't, you know, running away one of the best teams in the NFL. But how real are the Niners? Like, are, are they're they? Gonna, they're contenders. They're contenders. Yeah, I, for sure. Win, I think they'll win double-digit games. That division's tough. I don't know if we'll continue the division trend, but they might make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The two teams that didn't win the, the division of the 13 or 15 missed the playoffs entirely. Um, but they're very balanced. They're in offensive DVOA. They're fourth, and defensive DVOA. They're second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Breed is leading the NFL in yards per carry with 6.5, and they're getting Tevin Coleman back fully healthy yeah. whenever he's fully healthy. 
They have speed. They have speed literally at every at every position. Like they're yeah. they might be like top to bottom the fastest team in the NFL. Like I was watching that defense play on Monday night, and that front seven is like athletic as hell. They said the besides Nick Bosa, the the shortest person on that front seven is like six three or something like that as their middle linebacker. That's crazy. Like that's insane. Like what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with that? Then you have the first round draft pick Nick Bosa having his breakout game of the season and you're right they're like a very balanced team they can do it both like offensively uh through the running game and through the pass and then they can hold you defensively too but i still am not really sold on jimmy garoppolo like jimmy garoppolo seems to be like the the hanging fruit of this team or the the anchor of this team that's kind of holding them back from like greatness greatness i'm just not sold on the if you think kyle shannon's like the young new offensive guru and Jimmy Garoppolo is like a decent quarterback, not but not great. Sounds a lot like the Rams who made the Super Bowl. <laughs> that's that's true. No, that's that's. So I see it a little. They're kind of a Rams corollary, and they're in the same division, so it's interesting. That's true. Rams have a little bit of a better running back who probably played to the level of a Matt Breida or a Tevin yeah. Coleman in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. that's that's. And I think their defense right now is playing better than than the Rams defense. Like yeah. this is not. Let's not count the 49ers, but I'm not ready to put it all down. I'm that... not going to say it's going to be a Jimmy G reunion special in the Super Bowl between him and Brady. No, God. that We are headed there. <laughs> it is crazy, though, that the only two undefeated quarterbacks left are two quarterbacks that played and or play in the Patriots system. Like, is this still... Remember remember when Bill Belichick... That's so annoying. Remember when Bill Belichick traded Jimmy Garoppolo and... It, Everyone thought he was kind of making a point. Like, he was, mm-hmm. like, saying, like, watch, I'm going to send Jimmy Garoppolo somewhere else, and he's going to succeed, and it's going to prove to the fact that why I brought him in. Because everyone was kind of thinking that Bill Belichick was okay moving from Tom Brady, letting Tom Brady retire, or even getting rid of Tom Brady before he retired, and Robert Kraft was the one who wanted to keep him. So Bill Belichick made that, you know, that kind of savvy move to make a point that, watch, Jimmy G is going to go succeed somewhere else, and it's going to show that I knew that Jimmy Garoppolo was trend, right. right. You know yep. what I mean? And that's that. That is like something like as a Jedi mind trick that Bill Belichick would like pull. It's like some assassin shit. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and it's something really that only Bill yep. Belichick could get away with. Like any other, I bet you any other head coach would be wrong. And Belichick's he, world, we're just well, living in Well, he traded Jacoby Brissett too. He traded two good quarterbacks. <laughs> to make a point. <laughs> yeah. like, to literally make a point. Like to literally say, watch, I bet you they'll go succeed because I know that they're good. And you wanted to, you wanted to hold on to a 45-year-old Tom Brady at the or 45, 40-year-old Tom Brady at the time. Um, which also doesn't look like it's a bad move. I mean, yeah. he's right outside of probably right outside of the MVP race. Um, but getting getting back to the 49ers, also a big knock on this team is they haven't yet in, the, in their first four games played a team with a winning record yet. And I think a team that can really exploit them is, one, a team that can really command and hold the ball on on offense. Like, their defense is so... It's so fast. It is so anticipate anticipatory that if they can get a you know face an offense who likes to run the ball, control the ball, control the clock, keep their defense on the field for a long time and make them tired, that's where I think they're really successful. Yeah, they're playing a lot made. of good teams. Just coming up, they have to play Rams and, and Seahawks four times combined, mm-hmm. and then they play the Packers. They play the Saints when Breeze will be back. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a tough schedule. So I can see this. them being good against. Prove it. Right. I can see them being really good against kind of you know their division against the Rams and the Seahawks one two explosive offenses two offenses like to hit quickly like you know air raid kind of fast moving quick pace offense but when they play teams you know like the Saints who can really like control the ball on offense also kind of a quick striking team but who can control the ball more on offense have a little bit better of a running game that's why I think that you know they, they can run into trouble they just haven't seen that yet although start four now all you need to go six and six to go ten and six right 
But does ten and six make the playoffs? For NFC Wildcard is going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts, and they're in the toughest division in football. They're a four four and zero team and two three and one teams. Like they're like they're they're in a really really tough division. So I don't know if ten and six wins the NFC West. Might get a wild card, but NFC deep deep conference. Eleven out of sixteen teams in the conference have a winning record. Yeah, and that's including the entire NFC North. (laughs) Which, if you would have told me that the Lions right now were were also only five games into the season, three and two is still a winning record. But if you and the Lions only played four games, and one of them was a tie. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) again, a game that they almost lost. Like uh, that tie, they probably should have lost. If there's two more minutes left in that game, they would have a loss instead of a tie. But let's break down the DVOA rankings and playoff odds for those eleven teams. Uh, in the conference with a winning record. You have, obviously, San Francisco 4-0. They're first at 88%. Then you have Philly, who's fourth in DVOA, 64, 64.8% to make the playoffs with a 3-2 and record. Dallas is right below them at 53%. Minnesota is below them at 35 Then it goes Green Bay, Seattle, Detroit, New Orleans, which is surprising down there I think at 4-1. think it's a Bridgewater holdback. You think so? I think, I think when, if Breeze was there, they'd be worth Dallas and Philly. Right, because you have to remember what DVOA means. Like, yeah. the, 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 average, average per play. You know what I mean? It's a Bridgewater per play, and it's a Drew Brees yeah. per play. It's it's much different. But, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is getting it done. And then the bottom three are Chicago, Carolina, and then the Rams come in at 17th, a 37% chance to win the playoffs. Right now, the Rams are looking like either on the outside or looking in or one of your wild card teams, which they could end, they could end up playing spoiler. There's a long history of teams who lose the Super Bowl to miss the playoffs next year. Why do you think that is? The, the hangover. Super Bowl you're hangover? devastated about the loss. The only team that doesn't have to do is the Patriots. You're devastated from the loss, and I also think a little bit of it is, like, we did this before and got there last year, mm-hmm. so your mindset isn't automatically getting back to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Your mindset is... We gotta win it once we, we get back there. We gotta win that game. We then you'll think it. about the games leading up. You don't up. realize that you gotta play what, in 19 games before yeah. you get to that game. You yeah. gotta win most of them. So I think that's why the Rams are are down below. I, there's a whole there's a whole bunch of reasons why the Rams are underperforming. And I think you know once you get hit by the barrage that is the Buccaneers for 50 something points, then you know that, I think that's probably why their DVOA is so low because that game was horrid that, for their defense. Was, and the turnovers they had on mm-hmm. offense. Yeah, that 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 hurt them above. Who's the most surprising team on this list, like where they're ranked to you? I thought Green Bay would be a little higher, but I would say Detroit being ahead of the Rams and Car- Detroit being in the middle-ish of the pack is crazy to me. I know they played well against the Eagles and they almost beat the Chiefs, but they're screaming like a team like, oh, they're good in the beginning, and then they finish 7-8-1. and one. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's the NFC North, right? Yep. Like that's just the hallmark of the NFC North. I'm kind of Minnesota surprised. is also a little high. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Well, I'm surprised Minnesota is above Green Bay. Just of how up and down Minnesota. Like Minnesota and Atlanta to me are two roller coaster teams. Like that's literally one week. Look at Atlanta. Like one week they give you what 17, 18 points, and then the next week they pop off on the Texans for 53. Well, Matt they, Ryan they, looks like one. You know, looks like an average quarterback one week, and now all of a sudden popping off for 53. Well, their defense allowed 53. Well, pick six late, but they scored 32. They ripped up the Texans' yeah. defense, and they looked like nothing the next day. Um, they're just a real mess, and they've never recovered from that Super mm-hmm. Bowl loss. And I think Minnesota gets this little jump because Kirk Cousins, for the first time, was allowed to actually, you know, throw the football this season, and they ended up putting up a... a a lot of points. Adam Thielen had his first breakout game. Like, 
They're, they started to shift. I thought Minnesota was going to, no pun intended, run themselves into the ground with this new style of offense and their offensive coordinator saying they want to be so run heavy. And then they finally mm-hmm. threw the ball, and look what happened. Like, you, you move it up and down the field. Adam Thielen, who led the NFL in catches, what, two years ago, finally has his first, what, 10-catch yeah. game. There's a theme, and it's that they played the Giants. Dallas is up because they demolished the Giants. Minnesota demolished the Giants. And team that's not on the list because they don't have a winning record, your Bucks are 16th in DVOA. <laughs> that's above the Rams. That's above the Rams. <laughs> and, and, and they beat and they beat the and they beat the and they played the Giants close. They beat them if a field goal goes. Oh, you see how we get treated out here in these streets? Like, I'm come on! Extremely shocked. You had nothing to say about the birds when you read about it. I mean. What am I going to say? They're a division, they're division leader. Two they're, drops away from 5-0. Yeah, they're, they are literally two drops away from 5-0. and And that Green Bay, like, I can't be that mad because that Green Bay win, like, if Green Bay's sitting there at sixth in the NFC, that Green Bay win propelled them a lot. I'm surprised you don't have an Eagles shirt on now because, you know, you, you jumped bandwagons after that. Oh, after the win. I was going for Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my biggest surprise next year is actually the team right below Philly, and that's Dallas. I'm surprised after these back-to-back losses, I'm surprised Dallas is still third in the NFC. It's the Giants bump and the Miami bump. <laughs> they played Miami, but too. Wh- wh- how, how and they much, played Washington. How much of a bump does beating two bum teams? They beat three bum teams, but they demolished them. So like Dak's like guess. second in a bunch of QB stats, even though he's been poor the last two games. He's he... still turned the ball over against the Dolphins. Like, let's not, like, he didn't look flawless <laughs> against the Dolphins. Like, I, I saw the pick for against the Dolphins. I was like, oh, he's not even taking advantage of playing his team right now. The first game without Minka Fitzpatrick, too. I'm, I'm still surprised with all the turnovers and the penalties that they had last week um, and then the week before not getting it done against against the Saints. Like, I, I'm, I'm just surprised that they still have a 53% chance to make the playoffs, especially also, the, fact- the way DVOA works, because in the first half when they went down by a lot against Green Bay, they moved the ball a lot and then they turned it over late. So the DVOA recognizes the positive plays that led to the turnover and then only penalizes the turnover on one play compared to the positive plays that led up. So that's a little flaw in the DVOA for a short span that'll even out over a long run. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see who makes the playoffs. Heading to the MVP race for 2019, Christian McCaffrey has more yards from scrimmage, being 866, than Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott combined at 816. Is he your MVP through the first five weeks? Look, I know we're in a very quarterback-driven league. Quarterbacks are literally, by by definition, the most valuable position, probably in sports, but in in football, definitely. So it's nearly impossible for a running back to break the mold and win MVP. With that being said, what Christian McCaffrey is doing in Carolina at least deserves MVP recognition. I I personally think quarterback should be a different award, so that way we can reward other people. Because quarterback, by definition, is always going to be the most valuable player. Mm -hmm. But... If he can get them to 10 and 6 with Kyle Allen being the quarterback for a lot of the season and Cam Newton not being right, that's a strong argument. Like when Peterson won it, he did it because they went 10 and 6 with Christian Ponder. Right. So. And this is and Kyle Allen, and this is saying a lot. Kyle Allen is still no Christian Ponder. Yeah. Like I'd still rather Christian Ponder than Kyle Allen, who's not been like the the Panthers are are three and zero since Cam has gone out. It is not because Kyle Allen. If if you were ever wondering that, it is one hundred percent because Christian McCaffrey. I I do believe he deserves to be in that conversation along with 
uh, Mahomes and Wilson. That would be my three right now. Probably in no order if I had to choose a winner. It'd probably be Patrick Mahomes right now, but it would it would go Mahomes, Wilson, and McCaffrey on my short list for MVP. And I put Mr. Christian McCaffrey up there just because he's so he's all of the Panthers' offense. Like he's he's legit all of it. He accounts for 44.1 percent of the Panthers' scrimmage yards, which is nearly half of their yards <laughs> from scrimmage. And like I don't if if the it, the emphaticness in my voice can't describe how crazy of a stat is. Like if you really don't know football, they're really that in depth. To account for half of your team's scrimmage yards, like the average number of yards is like 350 per game. You know what I mean? Which means you're getting 175 scrimmage yards per game. Like, crazy. like that is he's literally also, insane. He's also a backup quarterback's best friend because what do backup quarterbacks do? They check down. All the I mean, time. you can check down to Christian McCaffrey. It's not a two-yard play. It's but an eight-yard play. But it's amazing. Joel, if I say you're playing the Carolina Panthers, right, and I take away Cam Newton, who is the only person that you have to worry about playing the Carolina Panthers now? That's Christian McCaffrey to answer that question for you. <laughs> the only person. So he's still doing all of this with teams still keying in on it. And if you watch the Carolina, if you watch these games from the Panthers, like it's not like it's not like teams are letting Christian yeah. McCaffrey run run wild. There's eight, nine in the box. He's seeing mm-hmm. two or three defenders. He's just too elusive for for anybody to Front guard him for touchdowns. Yeah, that was actually <laughs> that was insane. I was surprised he popped right up after yeah. that. Like, that was one that looked like I, it hurt. The, the, Athletes are crazy, especially professional, because they must train. Like, when you get flipped, you have to turn this much to make mm-hmm. sure you don't, like, land on your head. Right. And and he, you could tell, like, midair, he's like, oh, I'm going to land my head, and then he just swapped himself forward. Uh, <laughs> George Kittle, nuts. George Kittle got flipped on Monday night, too, and you can see, like, when he was doing it, you can see him tuck his head yeah. as soon as he's about Happened to Happened to Goddard, turn. again, when the Eagles played the Jets. He so, did the same yeah, thing, yeah. tucked his head. Yeah. Like, he, they, they, I don't know if they're trained or if it's just natural athletic instinct, but they know, like, I think if I was in a situation, I would not be able to do that. I'd be I stiff. Know, so say that, I'd, yeah. Oh, man, I, you, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Stomp the Yard. It might be dating myself, like, but Chris Brown does this move where he slides on his head in the middle of the movie. That's what I would do. I'd be legit on my head. Like, I don't know. I went to the Chris Brown concert at the beginning of this month, and it was amazing. You're like getting a little sweaty telling us that. I love now. him. Sorry. I don't. You don't have to apologize <laughs> to me. He's the best. He's a great dancer. He's an amazing entertainer. He's a really good dancer. He is. Speaking of incredible athletes, Pat Mahomes. That was a great. There you go. That was a great transition. Segue. Man. That was a great transition. <laughs> boy. Pat Mahomes. I think he's going to get a little. Uh, I think he's not getting as much love just because he set the bar so high for himself. I feel like people value like improvement over. When you like, have if you're one a of the ten best. out of ten, and you say <laughs> ten out of ten, well, people are realizing oh, eight out of ten goes a nine out of ten. But if you say it a ten out of that's ten, that's what I mean. When yeah. you have one of the greatest offensive seasons, at least in the modern era, if not in NFL history, it's hard to have like just a really good season after yeah. that, and people still give you MVP. He's he's only second in touchdown interception ratio this year. Which oh is tough. man, <laughs> he's only leading in in half of the QB categories. Not all of them. <laughs> Not this year. all of them. Well, he's <laughs> underperforming. I don't know what to tell you, Pat Mahomes. Uh, and when they lost, he only threw for he threw for he lowered his average by only throwing for 320 yards when he, before the game, averaging the 380. Think about that. <laughs> Think about throwing for 320 passing yards and your average going down. Yeah, like that's <laughs> that makes zero sense. He's done it. The last two or three games without Tyreek Hill, uh, without his best target, without even really Travis Kelsey being a huge, huge proponent in that offense, I can tell you for a fact, 
He's on my fantasy team. Love you, Trav. I'm going to need a little bit more. A little bit more from you. He's that doing drop decent. Hurt. He's on my team. Now, he's not, he's not hurt, horrible. But that drop a, hurt me. Uh, that, that, yeah. <laughs> that I already won, so I, was <laughs> I didn't notice it as much. I got I got put up, side side note, uh, who I was playing last week put up 225 points on me in fantasy. Oh, uh, you got the Watson-McCaffrey-Eagles defense trio? I, I got, or I forget, Will Fuller? I forget. I didn't, I didn't have Will Fuller. I forget who he had. I'm going to have to go back and look. I'll let you guys know. But, doesn't, yeah, he put up 225 on me. That's the most my league has seen this year by far. They could have had Russell Wilson in the lineup, who's also having a great year. Yeah. Third-person MVP. And he's the guy taking away a lot of the Mahomes' leaders' best touchdown reception ratio, yep. best in passer rating, mm-hmm. and he's underused by the Seahawks' offense. How, how do you figure? They run the ball on early downs more than any other team in football, despite the fact that they're the least efficient team in the NFL at doing it. <laughs> and they just, like, on third down, Russell, just bail us out. Yeah. And, there's a reason why he averages 20, 283 passing yards a game. It's because they run the ball too much with Chris Carson. Again, Chris I, Carson did have his best game. He, this had, season. he had a really good game against the Rams, but he got a, Wilson's either the second or third best quarterback in football. And no one and I, people say, oh, he's really good, but people don't think of him. Oh, he's Drew Brees. He's better than Tom Brady. I don't understand right that. I don't. And it boggles my mind. That touchdown pass to Lockett was nuts. nuts. No, no, Matt, absolutely nuts. The fact that he even thought to throw it in whatever window he thought that he had, he, he just... The he only put it in the two people spot. in the world that thought that wasn't a throwaway were Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. Yeah. <laughs> and it's even crazy for Tyler Lockett to know his insane quarterback like that to even keep it alive. Like, Tyler Lockett's running in this little box in the back corner of the end zone because he knows that Russell is probably still going to throw it to mm-hmm. him. Any other receiver gives up on that play. Yep. Any, Literally any other receiver. Also saw this, that Russell Wilson next to Pat Mahomes, uh, for obvious reasons, you could probably guess it, have the most time between snap and throw in the NFL. And why? It's because they literally do their best work outside of the pocket. Like, when Russell Wilson gets outside of the pocket, he gets unbelievably better. Russell Wilson was the first mobile quarterback I ever saw that never took a bad hit. Yeah. So many times, Mike Vick always took huge hits. McNabb took huge hits when he was mobile before he tore his ACL. Robert, killed Robert Griffin yeah, Robert III. Third. Cam Kaepernick Newton. got hit a lot. Cam Newton gets hit all the time. Ro- Russell Wilson's elusive to the point where he, he just, like... Yeah, he just runs out of bounds. So he falls. He never takes a big hit, yeah. and that's why he's been able to stay healthy his whole career. And he's never been able to lose that rushing ability and elusive ability to get the pass off. And it's funny because all of those mobile quarterbacks that you just named, that even Carson Wentz has struggled with this. Yeah, sliding and getting down, giving yourself up. Which, by the way, that new term makes my skin crawl. But giving yourself up as a quarterback. Like, you see these mobile quarterbacks are so, like, they're so terrible at doing it. Russell Wilson is not afraid to slide. Yeah. Like, he gets, if I only get five. player. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's, part of it is knowing how to slide. Mm-hmm. Like, people aren't comfortable going in that position. But you've seen so many of those running quarterbacks, once they get five yards, they feel this crazy need to try to go get six, seven, eight. Russell Wilson's like, if I only get five, I only get five. I'm going to live to see third down. I'm going to live to see second down. Hell, I'm going to live to see fourth down. If it, if it means not getting the first down, but I'm still alive at mm-hmm. the end of the play, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get down. He's one of the, he's one of the, if not the smartest quarterback, probably next to Drew Brees in the NFL right now. And ability-wise, I really think it's Mahomes, Wilson, Rodgers, just straight like talent and ability-wise and then the rest of the NFL. Like, I think it's those three running in a lane of their own, and then the rest of the NFL, Deshaun Watson is probably very close, the closest person to them. But the the plays that I see those three make on a week-to-week basis, shouldn't they shouldn't be allowed in the NFL. Pat Mahomes is the most fun 
non player that didn't play for my favorite team. I, I've, it's the most fun I've ever had watching a player that didn't play for my team. Yeah, I love watching Pat Mahomes make him prime time every week. Every week, <laughs> every week. Like I don't care. I don't yeah, care if I never struggled last week. He was still doing incredible plays with a bum ankle. And a, but, but that's why he struggled. And mm-hmm. I think to continue this MVP conversation, that might hurt him because we saw it. The Chiefs' mm-hmm. offense was night and day when Pat Mahomes couldn't get outside of the outside of the pocket and extend plays. Um, there's actually a crazy stat that I saw also that Patrick Mahomes leads the NFL in quarterback hurries, but has only taken before Monday night, only took three sacks. It's because, like, <laughs> I almost feel like the Chiefs offensive line is like, I got blocked for a max of 1.5 seconds. Yeah. He go do the rest. Like, it's, yep. he almost like... Someone will be open in that offense. <laughs> it's almost like he... he I got to word this right because no one wants to be hurried if you're a quarterback. You'd rather sit there and have all the time in the world. But he almost invites a rush because when I invite a rush, you get so happy as a defensive lineman to potentially get a sack that now you're out of your lane and you're just running after the quarterback. He's more elusive and more and faster than probably any defensive lineman that's going to try and catch him, you know, ex-nay Aaron Donald uh, and Khalil Mack. So when, when they do come from, he's able to get outside the pocket, make things happen, and like – that's where he's better. So he kind of like, yeah, bring that pass for us to me because I'm going to dip out of here, and then now I'm throwing a ball across my body that no one's going to be able to defend. Yep. That is crazy. We are in the heat of the MLB playoffs. Here's a fun fact for you. The Twins have lost an MLB record 16 consecutive postseason games. Why have they struggled so much in the playoffs? It's crazy. 16, that's like going 0-16, but you're a good playoff team. That's how wild, like it. It's like an NFL team that makes the playoffs going 0 and 16. Because yeah. it's it's nuts. How do you, it's unbelievable. You can't lose 16 games. <laughs> it happened. It actually happened. These are playoff teams. They're playoff. They're that's playoff what I'm saying. Teams. They're playoff games. Like, it's not like you're a terrible, like you said, a terrible regular season team. And you're just, first of all, losing 16 straight games in the MLB regular season, depending on where it is, is like, that's like a thing. MLB they record got there like 22. Oh, yeah. Like, that's bad. I mean, it's it's no one wants to lose sixteen straight games, but you play one hundred and sixty-two of them, bitches. Like, if if you lose sixteen, it's like an equivalent to probably like a two or three game skid in the in the NFL, maybe a five to ten game skid in the NBA, which is not life or death. You don't want to see it, but it's not life or death. Playoff games are different. Like, you have to be able yeah. to and muster one up of the and craziest win those parts games. of the sixteen games is that thirteen of them are to the Yankees, who they're playing. Yeah, who they're playing. They, they just series. lost it. Like that. That. Imagine this. Imagine winning 101 games. Imagine winning 100 games, which is, by the way, like... The best season, second best season they've ever had regular season That's that's, that's the hallmark. If you win 100 games, you are considered a great team. This team has won two World Series and went to a third way back in the 60s. So winning 100 games is a a great accomplishment for what every team strives to do going into the season. Imagine playing a, winning 100 games and your playoff opponent, the New York Yankees, who just had, sorry, the second-best record in baseball this Yeah, you season. don't get home field, sorry. Like, like you, get that, one, you get one playoff game at home. Minnesota. No, that would no, no, that would make me feel some type of way. Like, I, I, I'd honestly, I'd have to go to the MLB and say, I get that this is just a playoff structure and you're following it. We're going to need to play somebody else. You're going to need to give us the A's <laughs> at home because we want 100 games. Like, I'm winning 100 games. Now I got to go face the one of the deadliest lineups in baseball, one of the best bullpens, one of the best fielding teams. Like, Who yeah, we have me, baggage with, too. Like, my but God. But, again, the 101 games was a little deceiving going back why they lost. 
they were the only playoff team that had a losing record against teams with winning records because they played in a horrible division and beat it up on bad teams all over the place. Mm-hmm. But again, it's they're a small market team, so they can't spend the money. It's part of the reason why they you play the Yankees, the epitome of big market teams. Thirteen of those games. That's, they're they're and what big market teams they, look up to. Early and <laughs> like blew a bunch of saves in like the 0-9-10 range during mm-hmm. that time too. And they also their most home runs in MLB history. A second most were this year's Yankees, who yeah. had one less. <laughs> um, and home runs is a high variance game. Yeah. In a small sample can kind of. Screw right. It's kind of like in, if you're a three-point shooting team in the NCAA, NCAA tournament, like that can happen. You live, you live and die. If you go on a cold hitting, a cold hitting streak, you go on a cold shooting streak, and you live and die by those long balls, live and die by the the three-point shot, and you go cold, that that's gonna do it. Don't go cold against the yeah. Yankees. Yeah. Don't don't like don't go cold and, against the Yankees. And don't build your team around a home run team when you play in Minnesota outside in October. But did they? <laughs> but did they? Did they, did, I, that's a little harsh. You yeah, won 101 games. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it worked. Mean. It worked. I mean a little mean. And they, and they didn't really build it that way. Like, I mean, they went out and got Nelson Cruz yeah. as a perennial home run hitter. But outside of that, they didn't really go and see big, huge home run and hitting guys. That's just, they all got hot at yeah. the right time. And they kind of, yeah. I mean, they, they led the MLB in home runs at the end of the regular season. Then they break the, the MLB record for, mm-hmm. for home runs by a team in a single season. Yep, and they, then the Yankees were second with one less. Uh-huh. <laughs> The and, Yankees always going to pass yeah. for that. The Yankees playing literally my Babe Ruth field, my rec field in my hometown is <laughs> yeah, that's true. Two feet shorter than that Yankee right Stadium. field walls. Like, Come oh on, my man. God. Those are the Patriots of the MLB. Exactly. They've only won one. World, they've only won one World Series since two thousand one. Yeah. Patriots have won six Super Bowls. So. <laughs> but I, I see what you're. Yeah. I, they, they probably are very. I, 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 I like to diss the Yankees because they've. You also just like to play devil's advocate. I you, do. Like, you no, are but they, they spend so much money, and they still have this veneer of oh, we're great. You've won one World Series in eighteen years. The Phillies haven't won, made the playoffs in five years, in, not eight years. Wow, time flies. Yeah. And we still won the same amount of World Series in that time frame. They've had a lot of playoff tricks in that time. Yeah, I was like, wasted that money. But the amount of money they spent, they should have won at least three or four. Right, right. I mean, going going back to the Twins. But then again, playoff baseball is very random, and this is why the Dodgers are facing elimination. You guys will know who won Game 5 between the Dodgers and Nationals tonight. But they won 106 games, and they're facing elimination because they got bad luck that the won the Brewers blew the game against the Nationals. Mm-hmm. The Brewers should have won that and, game. And the, if Christian Yelich was there, they would have won that the, game. Nationals just have a great starting pitchup lineup in the playoffs. I know they have a shaky bullpen, but they just throw their starters in the bullpen. <laughs> well, yeah, one you throw your starters in the bullpen, and it helps when you're playing a short series, so it's five and mm-hmm. not seven games, and you're at least your first two can go eight to nine any given night. Max Scherzer is a guaranteed seven. You, like I dare you to try to pull Max Strasburg Scherzer in, the in game five tonight. They, that's a very losable game. For yeah, the that's very losable. That's tough. That that's I mean, that that, that is very tough, but. Uh, the Dodgers historically have won 106 games, but I mean they are they are facing elimination tonight. Um, they're luckily facing a bad a bad matchup with Strasburg on the mound. And what's crazy with the Dodgers is once you get past their starting pitching, like you said, their bullpen gets very shaky, and they're a team that loves to turn it to their bullpen. Well, they'll be Kershaw's on will be on two or three days rest, so they'll put him in the bullpen. He, they've done that in the playoffs. He's actually better when he comes out you of the bullpen, bullpen as a yeah. starter. Well, in the playoffs less pressure. You're going to yeah. pitch less innings, less um, pressure on you. It's, I think it's going to be a really great game tonight. You guys will know by the time you hear this. And yeah. But what you won't know by the time you hear this is the Astros result, because that'll happen tomorrow night, and they're another 106-plus. They won 107 face elimination. So that is... 
if you're counting, that is 300 game winners in the MLB mm-hmm. all facing elimination or have been if, eliminated if already. If the Astros lose, it'll be the most combined wins in since like the wild card era started that have lost in the ALD in a division series ever with the Twins and Astros combined. That's 208 games combined mm-hmm. one and they would have been gone in the playoffs, which is nuts. And they got absolutely dominated this past game mm-hmm. by the Rays who played one of the most complete games I've seen regular season or playoffs in the MLB this season. One, their starter only went what, three and a third? Like the starter mm-hmm. didn't even didn't even go deep. And it's funny because the way the Rays are built are juxtaposed to literally every other good team in the MLB. They're not run by their offense or by home runs by the long ball. They play small ball. They're not afraid to do it. And they're built on pitching by committee and playing good defense. That relay throw to get out Altuve oh, was, was unbelievable. You can't literally couldn't do anything better. Like that's how you teach it. Like yeah. that's what that that. That and it got him by a hair, that's coach. it. Yeah, that made every hitting, every fielding coach a little chubby. But again, it's the small sample. Granke got shelled in game three, so they had to go to Furlander game four. Never pitched on three days rest ever, mm-hmm. which surprised me. And he didn't play well. His pitchers didn't have much movement. Yeah. The race took advantage early. You, you could see, one, the, his average velocity on his fastball was between 95 and 96. A normal Verlander, that's between 98 and 99, and sometimes touching 100. Um, and then the... <clears throat> the home run that he gave up to, um, I forget, Adam- I think it was Adamus. He gave the home run up to Adamus in the middle part of the game, either the fifth or sixth inning, I remember. And he threw what they, they called a cement mixer. It's a breaking ball that spins but doesn't move. <laughs> and it's just a spinning, slower, hanging fastball. And Adamus crushes it to left center. And that was that was the backbreaker of the game right there. Also, shout out to Westchester grad Joey Wendell for a key RBI double. In the first inning, the you first, saw yeah, that? Yes, not, sir. Yeah. Joey Dubs. See, you, they don't make them like that over there at St. Joe's, huh, nah. Joel? Two national titles this decade for Westchester baseball. That's all the Westchester baseball talk you're here. Unless you're going to like wins World Series MVP or something. Then, then, we're, then we're talking about it yeah. all. Um, um, and the Braves are going to lose game five because they're losing 13 to one. And they were another 90. They won 97 games. They're down 13 to that one. That annoys me. That I mean, there's no. They t- should have won game four. They should have won. They should have won. Yachty Bloop four. is six inches shorter. They're. Uh, we won in four. We're on to the NLCS. Six, six inches shorter. If that's two inches shorter, yeah. if Freddie, Freddie, it barely tipped off Freddie Freeman's glove. Like if that's if that's legit an inch shorter, he catches that. The Braves. I mean, they might they go to extras, but the, you know the Braves. Atlanta sports a history of devastating losses. Yeah, it doesn't get worse than the Falcons though. I'm sorry. That's just that's that's that to me. That's the worst loss in, the in Bra- my the Bra- That's the I think that's the worst sports loss in sports history. I'm not going to go through it all. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a, I mean, come on, yeah. um, twenty-eight to three with ten minutes to go. And uh, the fact that the Bra- the Braves lost so many decisive games since they last won a playoff series, and they won fourteen consecutive division wins, and only got one World Series out of it, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, it's tough being an Atlanta sports fan. And but let's look at why the Braves are really kind of tailspinning, um, you know, in this series. One, you face a team in the Cardinals where I forget what it was, and you know what's what stretch this is, but it was a, a three or four year stretch in the early 2010s where the where the Cardinals and the Giants were going back to back, maybe not winning the World Series, but playing spoiler. For so many teams, either getting in as a wild card or as five like consecutive a years that happened. Yeah, 
Like, that's in, that's insane. So the Cardinals are used to doing mm-hmm. this. Like, the Cardinals are a team that's just get in. Like, that's their focus is just get into the playoffs because we know that literally anything can happen. They've had multiple heroes that have come and gone as household names, a la David Freeze, who have stepped up for them in playoffs before. So they're used to doing this. They're used to kind of... You know, Yanni Emilio has been around in. forever, and he's still coming in clutch all the time. He's just so he's just so productive. You see how much they lean on him. He's just how he's many, so good. How many player, teams of players that are still in the league that were on their 06 team? It's unbelievable. Him, Pujols. Well, it, it's and Wainwright too. Yeah, Wainwright's still there, and the and the performance Wainwright put up. And what was it? Game was it game three? Game four. Uh, one games, of those yeah. games. One I think of it was game, game four. Game three or game four, Wainwright had a vintage Wainwright game, and he's kind of opposite of Clayton Kershaw. He does his best work in the playoffs, and it was completely on display. So I, I would be a little bit upset. I kind of don't like the Cardinals. I love Yadier Molina. He's actually one of my favorite baseball players of all time. That bad throw after the sack fly was great. Yeah. The, well, one, I'm pretty sure it's an out if you carry your bat the first, but it's Yadier. You wouldn't call him out. Yeah, if they called that, that <laughs> like, the, like, even like the Braves fans would be like, that's kind of Come BF. on, come on. Yeah, like, you can't, you can't earn the hit. Yeah. And it's the last, it's the last yeah. play. But I kind of hate the Cardinals for that reason. One, the first time they did it was against the Phillies. Like that's when the they stupid rally score. Yeah, like that's <laughs> that's what kind of made the Cardinals this get into the playoffs. You know, just just get in by any means and kind of take the momentum from there. It started against what the 2010 Phillies, 2010, 2011 Phillies, um, and that dynamite pitching staff. Even that 06, they won 83 games. They won the World Series. So like, they imagine just, talking that to a Twins fan right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who won 100 games and get swept? <laughs> in- insane. Personally, I think the Dodgers are going to come alive and win their game five. I just think their lineup is far too powerful to stay silent in a must-win. But sure, sure. Okay, let's switch it up and switch our gears to our mailbag segment and see what our fans have to say this week. First one comes from Richard Gosling. Go ahead, man. Hey, guys. Richard Gosling here. Who would you say you believe is truly the best cornerback in the league this year? All right, Goose, that's a, that's a good question. Um... And I think it's very prevalent because who everyone said was probably the best cornerback in the league coming in hasn't played in the, in the last in the last two games. Mm-hmm. Um, which I still I, I still probably would say Jalen Ramsey. I'd say Jalen Ramsey too. Is still the best one. If we're going on by strictly numbers and performance, um, I think a person who is not getting as much recognition as they should is Kevin King from the Green Bay Packers. Like I think the last two weeks he's been as shut down as shut down corners go. Yep. Him and Whichever, Devin McCourty? Devin? Yeah, Devin's more of a safety. Which one is, one's Jason, a safety, one's a corner. Jason's the corner. Corner, Jason McCourty on the on the Patriots. Who would you say? I'd go with Jason McCourty, but only because he's on the Patriots. If he's on any other team, he's mediocre. Because that's what? how the Patriots do secondary players. Okay, but like, that's that's my... I know, it's, it's unfair to do that, but I, I'm... Patrick Chung was horrible with the Eagles. <laughs> he was terrible with the, the Eagles. The, and he's an all-pro with the... With they the got Patriots. Julian Edelman playing corner earlier in there. Like, yeah. when the Eagles were younger, Julian Edelman played corner and they made the AFC title game. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of doesn't make sense. Um... But I'm going to do... Jason McCord is really good. It's cool that they have twins. It's the one likable thing about the Patriots. Yeah. They have twins in their secondary. That's, that's the one likable? Anyway, that's... There's way... Come on. Like, there's more likable things than that. Everything about the Patriots is unlikable except the no. McCordy brothers. No, that's Before so... Before it was Gronk no. and the McCordy brothers. That's now it's so biased. No, it's... That's so biased. Likeability is, of course, biased. <laughs> <laughs> I love Gronk. No, Gronk's retired is my point. So, the McCordy brothers are all that's left in the likable factor. 
I also think Kyle Fuller is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL going all the way back. Yeah. Led the, led the league in interceptions last year. It's had good. Look, the, the best corners in the league are the ones you don't hear about. Because they're you not. You hear about Jalen Ramsey because he talks about himself. Because he's right. He talks about himself. You're not hearing about Kyle Fuller. You're not really hearing about Kevin King because their names aren't being said. And that's the best thing for a corner is when your name is not said, it's because people aren't throwing at you. People aren't trying you. You're, you're getting shut down. If you're ending the game with, you know, 50 yards against you, zero tackles, like that's a very good game. Also, for Chris Harris is a little underrepresented. A little underrepresented. There you go. The top one. Goose, hope to answer your question. But still Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Next one comes from Alex Skanga. What's up, dude? Hi, guys. Love the show. My question for you is, now that Jay Gruden is the first head coach to be fired, who do you expect to be the next to go? Thanks. Give up the great work. Oh, well, thank you, Alex. That was, that was the <laughs> nicest mailbag we've ever had. <laughs> Who's next? I think it's Dan Quinn. It's tough. It's That is tough. It's tough. That is tough. But he's got, it's, it's too much. It's too much baggage at this point. It's going to be too... Years in a row, you miss the playoffs. That's usually my line to cut off. Even if you've made a Super Bowl, you miss the playoffs two straight years. You just got to go. It was a downward. It's been a downward spiral ever since that. Like that, ever yeah. since that the Super third Bowl. quarter, like <laughs> that. Yeah, like that's a that's a dark cloud that you just can't get from under, and you just might need a change of scenery, um, really to get up under it. Who I fear is on the hot seat. And and is you know has a short lease now. I feel like Freddie Kitchens has a short lease over there. That's true. In, in in Cleveland, he he had last year to kind of be like his warm up year, get get acclimated with his uh with his new with his brand new um quarterback as the offensive coordinator. And now that he's the head coach, he has the the job, the responsibility to take a whole lot of potential and turn it into wins. And I think he has way too much talent on that team for them to be playing as bad as they're playing in, in a lot That's of That's why with the Falcons, they've wins. Last year you could say, oh, they got injured, and this year they're not as injured and no, they're the, still losing. the Falcons, they have it, a lot of talent. it legit makes zero sense why that all. They should be, what they did last week is what they should do literally every week. I think the Falcons have the best receiving core in the NFL between Julio, Muhammad, Sanu, Calvin Ridley, and Austin Hooper. And then if you throw Devontae Freeman in the fold, catching the ball out of the backfield, they have me, me and actually it's funny, me and my friend Richard Gosling, who asked the best cornerback in the league question, me and him sit there and laugh week after week because we say that, that the Falcons just have weapons. Like they have an arsenal like at their disposal. And what Julio end last game with three targets? That's rough. Like, if I have Julio Jones in my offense, I am throwing him the ball at least 12. I don't care if he's open, but he's getting the ball at least, throwing at him at least 12 times a game. Julio Jones cannot end the game with three targets. It just can't happen. Um, so and you can't let Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's great, but 400-plus yards plus a perfect passer rating, that's nuts. That, that is nuts. Why, why did neither of us say Brian Flores? It's a Brett Brown situation. They're tanking. They know they're tanking. He's just he's just tank commander right now. It's his job. Tank commander. <laughs> just drive just drive the sinking ship. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's your job. If he I don't know if he does a GM roles, but if he did, that's a fleece you get a first round pick from Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that's true. Steelers are not gonna be good. That's gonna be in the top sixteen at least. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, Mike Tomlin, I think, has too much tenure to, to be fired, at least before the end of a season. With, if, since Roethlisberger's probably coming back, I don't, I don't think it happens. If Roethlisberger was like, oh, I'm retiring after this, I think they get rid of him. Yeah, I mean, it's just, just because you get—this is a very weird phrase that I'm about to say, but 
just because the team lets you go doesn't automatically mean you're a bad coach. And sometimes it's just your time has come. Like when Reed left the Eagles. You know what I mean? He had to go at that time. point, but he was still a really good coach. And he when the Phillies, albeit, fired Charlie Manuel too quick, it was kind of, you know, it's just, you mean your, your time your time is coming. I think Mike Tomlin is coming to the finish line of what is a very good coaching resume, at least for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's be just, the first time he has a losing record. Yeah, man. Like, this, not to even say that he won't get a job somewhere else. He'll definitely get a job. He's young still. Mm-hmm. Last one comes from Kyle Searick. Take it away. What's up, Straight Facts Crew? It's Kyle out here in Pittsburgh. Longtime listener, first-time questioner. So my question today is about what are your thoughts on this recent trend of holding out in the NFL? Um, of course, it's not new. We've seen guys of the past do it. Emmett Smith, most notably. T.O. A little more recently, Chris Johnson and Darrell Rivas did it. But now we're getting three to four guys a year, some of the biggest names in the league. I mean, we had Zeke and Clowney just got what they wanted, and Melvin Gordon at the time I'm recording this still isn't signed yet. Um, and it gets, if it gets to a point where he sits out the whole season like Le'Veon did last year, I think it's a really bad look on the league. So I just want to know, is there anything that can be done about this, or what do you think the solution is on all these holdouts? Because it really wasn't something that happened before, and it's kind of hurting the league. And, of course, I see it at both sides. Um, the players need to get paid, and sometimes they're in bad positions like Khalil Mack was. And, I mean, as Jake said last week, if you got to go, you got to go. But I just want to know your guys' thoughts on this. Thanks. Uh, I think the most important thing that he said is right at the end of that, Kyle, you said players deserve to get paid. And it, it's people often forget sometimes that just because they're playing a sport does not mean that they're not still a part of a business does not mean that they're not they're part still, of a union. They're an employee. Like that's what that is what you are. The NFL is your corporation and you are an employee and then your union is the players union. And in any other job, if you feel that you are being undervalued at your position, you go to your boss and you say I deserve a raise. And if you truly deserve that raise, you truly deserve that pay compensation and they straight up deny you and say no, or say, we got to think about it, or we're not going to give you to Whatever the reason they do, what do you do? The way it works, the, the job of the team or your boss in any work scenario is to pay as little money for the best product possible. And the job of the employee is to get paid as much that they can get. Yeah. So this, and also, you notice a lot of those people you listed. Kyle, those were mostly running backs, and it's because with the way the rookie contract is structured, it's four years, and with the analytics revolution, everyone says, oh, after four years, running backs don't matter. Mm -hmm. So you get like a fifth-round running back who gets picked, and then after four years, done. it's a couple hundred thousand dollars a year plus like a couple bonuses, and then uh, you're not worth it. Look at JHI. He had a couple really good years. He was late-round pick. No one signed him at all. They, they, you hold out so you get the money because they're trapped in the rookie contract deal, Mm -hmm. and might lead to a lockout or strike when the next CBA is up. I think it's going into the 2021 season. So Yeah, I'm, like, <clears throat> I'm fearful of a lockout this coming off season. But it, it comes from the standpoint that it's not – football's not the only sport we see holdouts. I mean, it's in a much different way. But Kawhi and Anthony Davis these past years showed that, I mean, we, we can hold out if we deserve – if we're not getting what we think we deserve too or we want to be in a different situation, players are exercising – their rights as players and i think it's insane that it's 2019 and we're just now probably 2016 era just now seeing players truly exercising those rights and like you know just because i'm on your team doesn't mean like you can 
like you tell me how much I'm valued, tell me how much I'm worth. And Le'Veon Bell's situation, as Kyle, you know, specifically pointed out, Le'Veon Bell was used as the number one running back in the Steelers offense and the number two wide receiver in his offense. And his whole point was, I should not only be paid like a number one running back, I should also be paid like a number two wide receiver. And he was correct. Like he deserved every penny of what he was asking for. And his point was, I could ask for way more than this, but I want to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, but you got to help me out. And they said no. And he said, fine, I know I'm more valuable than what you're pitching me at. So I'm going to wait until another team realizes that I'm that valuable. That franchise, the fact that you can franchise tag someone back to back years is it's so nuts. messed up. It's like, nuts. What's once you're like, okay, fine, begin for you, and then two years in a row, that's that's nuts. And but Cousins again, it hurts it. running backs more than quarterbacks. Look, Kirk Cousins got that big contract because quarterbacks are valuable for way longer. Yeah, that's very true. All right, guys, let's take it to the countdown. Number five. Number fives for the number of teams that have had a higher DVOA than the 49ers through four games uh, this season of all time. Of all those five teams, they made the Super Bowls. The 07 Pats, the 91 Redskins, the 2013 Broncos, the 99 Rams, and the 96 Packers. I've just the Niners. They're, 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 they're not gonna they're follow that trend. They're not gonna. That's a big group. There's a lot of really great teams. Oh seven Pats, ninety one Redskins, and the ninety six Packers are three of the greatest teams ever. They're right. they're good. They're a good team. They're and not. then you have the ninety nine Rams, the start of the greatest yeah, show on turf. Like, yeah. So number four, the number of QBs in NFL history to have a perfect passer rating while throw, throwing for five or more touchdowns. That is Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Nick Foles. And now Deshaun Watson. It's funny that <laughs> Nick Foles, I, I find that Nick Foles is always in these crazy-ass, really good... He sneaks in there by a hair. Fact, Nick Foles' career high in pass rating season is higher than Tom Brady's best ever pass rating season you ever. You know what I mean? Like, Nick Foles is randomly... Look in the record. This is he has the most interesting career of any quarterback. Yeah. One, this is supposed to be a Deshaun Watson stat. It was supposed to be a countdown in which we talked about Deshaun Watson. It's now a Nick Foles countdown because... If you look at every big time, like season long passing or and you know QB record in the record books, I guarantee you Nick Foles is somewhere in that fold. Most <laughs> touchdowns in a game, best touchdown to interception ratio in a season, uh, most touchdowns before throwing a pick, most snaps before <laughs> throwing a pick. Like he's in there. Tom Brady's played in nine Super Bowls, and he's arguably the greatest quarterback ever. In the best Super Bowl he ever played in. He lost because Nick Foles outplayed him. <laughs> Think about that. He threw 505 yards and, and Nick, Nick Foles, Foles beat him. him. Nick Foles put up 41. I'm done. That's the end of the Nick Foles rant. Number three. Number three. The amount of home runs the Twins have gotten in this series from their MLB record, five different players with 30-plus home runs in the regular season. It's a long-winded stat. It's a lot in there. I'm basically saying that the Twins had five players who had 30-plus home runs in the regular season in the series uh, against the Yankees in the NLDS. Of those five players, they got home runs from three of them, only three separate home runs. So of we talked about the Twins earlier about how they broke the MLB record for most home runs by a team in a single season. That kind of went cold because of just the that's just the unluck of the draw. Three games. <laughs> three games. That's the unluck of the draw. Like I, I can't get over that. You win a hundred games. You got congrats. You got to play the second best team in baseball. Congrats, man. Number two. The number of goals by Adonima Treor in the in Wolves' upset win over Manchester City. Who? Who beat who? Who scored for who? Adonima Adon- Adon- Treor 
has had one goal in his previous 67 Premier League games. He scored two against the two-time defending Premier League champion Manchester City. And Wolves, Wolves is decent there in the Europa League, but they beat him 2-0. And he scored both goals. And it's now funny. Manchester City's eight points back in the title race. It's yeah, still early. but It's still very early, but... They're not the first team to struggle in this still kind of early portion of the Premier League. Liverpool's had their struggles. I think they're focusing on the Champions League. Yeah. Well, Liverpool hasn't lost. In, in Premier League? No, they're eight wins, zero losses, zero draws. So they're they, only losses to Napoli so in the Champions that, they League. So strike that, they haven't struggled. They they must have struggled in other tournaments outside of Premier League. They lost to Napoli in their first game. That's, that's, and they almost blew lead to Salzburg. That's what I'm hearing. Man, Man U is... is Man U, Man U is two points away from relegation zone. Yeah, like they're, Paul Pogba's trying to find his way out the door. If Leicester City can one. win the title, Manchester United can get relegated. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Yeah, that would be so great. I'm here for it. Bring it down to number one. Number one is the number of 49ers players in the last 25 years with two sacks, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery in the same game. That's Nick Bosa this past Monday night when he went crazy against the Browns. And one flag plant, too. That was that's probably the best celebration I've seen this year. In, in Baker had a good response to it. He was like, yeah, "I like it. It was premeditated. You had two years waiting for. It. You're thinking yeah, about it a lot." It was, and because Nick Bosa was probably what a freshman when Baker did that. Yeah, because he came out his junior year, and that was two years ago. So yeah, he was a he was a freshman when Baker did that. Yeah, good, good. It definitely was premeditated. Mm-hmm. That, that he was he could not wait to to sack Baker Mayfield in his NFL career. But Nick Bosa went went wild, um, and their 49ers fans were kind of waiting for that. Um, a high draft pick, very talented out of Ohio State, just like his brother. He hadn't had that breakout game yet this season, and he did it. Who do you think is going to end up being better of the Bosa brothers? I think Joey. Yeah, People sleep on Joey because he he gets injured a little bit more, but I, I just think Joey's just more consistent. I can count on him more. You want to talk about, That might change, but... You want to talk about holdouts, Kyle. Joey Bosa had one of the most unique holdouts. Nick. Uh, uh, wait, no, Joey. Yeah, Nick didn't play in college at the yeah, end of his Nick, career. Nick, yeah. He held out from not getting paid at well, all because well, he didn't funny. want to get hurt. Neither of, them, neither of them ended their college career playing. Joey Bosa got hurt and had to sit out and, or got hurt and then decided to not play in his bowl game um, when he came back from injury because they didn't make the college football playoff. And Nick Bosa, as soon as he realized they weren't making a college football yeah. playoff, just stopped. Yep. Like, just <laughs> legit stopped playing and was like, I'm just going to get ready for the NFL. Yep. And it's worked. Uh, yeah, and then Bosa's hold in the NFL is a real. It yeah. was real, yeah. And he negotiated his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this man He's smart. Yeah, hasn't played an NFL game and yet has the most leverage of any mm-hmm. NFL player in the league at that time. It was hilarious. But that's all the time we have. We can get some shots up at the buzzer. Julie, anything to say at the buzzer? I do. I am reading a tweet from NBC Sports Philadelphia tweeted a couple hours ago about the Flyers debuting a rage room inside the Wells Fargo Center where fans can break stuff. Um, Philly's fan. I'm kind of pumped for that. Philadelphia sports I think it's expensive because I watched a video of that. There's like old, there's like TVs you can break. There's like a, it, it seems like you have to pay like Couple hundred bucks. I just think there's a better use for that money than buying TVs just for people to smash them. I think they get like the really old ones that like. Uh, I just think there's a better use for that money. Like honestly, I think more people are gonna come to the games now because of it. Probably, like Philadelphia fans are nuts. Nuts. Hockey fans are nuts. Yeah, we're. Philadelphia fans are nuts. Smash them together and you get Flyers fans, which. Yeah, Flyers fans are a different breed. I mean, there's a smash room. That's self-explanatory. Matt, do you have anything to say at the buzzer? Uh, not really. No? No. I think that's the first time someone's neglected to use (laughs) 
the anthem, but there's got to be something on yeah. your mind, man. <laughs> let me, let me. You're wearing a Sixers shirt. Why don't you say, Ben you, Simmons you, made the three. I, I, that, I really no, that was much my, to say about that. That was my at the buzzer. Uh, so here, you can, you, can, you can respond to what I say for my at the buzzer moment. Uh, I tweeted yesterday that I had a hot take. I was, I'm very surprised you, of all people, Matt, didn't respond to it because it's it definitely a, you love to undercut me on Twitter. And it was just something I, I was waiting for your response on it. And so when Ben Simmons made the three yesterday, by the way, his shot still looks real funky, but it went in and the Wells Fargo Center went crazy. I get that Sixers fans were excited. My hot take was the type of reaction that the Sixers fans and players had is what makes Ben Simmons not want to shoot threes more. It's the same reason. You remember when Marco Fultz said that he thought the Sixers fans and Sixers players made him feel like the little brother, like they're almost, you know, kind of demeaning him and and the way they celebrated him. They acted like what Ben Simmons did was so unbelievably like inconceivable that he hit that three. It was like when the walk-on who hasn't played all season gets in on, on senior night and splashes a three. That was the outpouring that the Sixers fans the thing and players is, had. And being hugged him we, saw, we saw this happen almost exactly a year ago. Marco Fultz did a step in three against the Bulls in a regular season game. People went nuts. Absolutely nuts. And it, I, I remember being worried about that because he clearly had like a mental, like really that bad That does place. something to you. But like Simmons is an all-star. Like I just think he thinks he thinks it's a little bit annoying and like kind of funny. You can no, you. I don't I, think it's really that. I don't think I, it's. I don't think he thinks it. Funny. I, he thinks it's funny at all. You should. In his press game conference, they kind of asked him like, "Yo, like you saw the outpouring of the fans." I think he's really sick of getting asked about asked shooting about, threes. Well, the, I, I definitely think that. What do you think that comes from? The media only asks questions to what they know that people want to know answers yeah, no, it, to. I get annoyed with the threes questions because yeah. no one. People are just bad at a, a lot of really good players are really bad at something. And there's a lot of great players who are really terrible. Defense and no one's gonna say when is he gonna learn to play deep? When is he gonna learn to play deep? But with Simmons, it's like how when is he gonna shoot three? When is he gonna shoot three? It's like and having that kind of reaction amplifies the fact that he's bad at it. Like that reaction wasn't oh good job you made a three. It was holy crap he made a three. Like oh my god I can't believe that just happened. Amplifying the fact that you know he's terrible at threes. I don't think it has an effect. I I still don't think I, he shoots. I think look, he shoots one per game. Look, I think he shoots eighty two threes. I I I do I, have an at the buzzer. So I, I understand. I under I understand. I would understand if that's what makes him not want to pull threes. Because it's like when you do, I don't know if it's ever happened to you with your parents. Happens with mine. Mom, dad, I love you, but you do this all the time. When you do something normal that you that you know you don't think is that impressive, and they come and are so impressed and blown away that you did it, it kind of offends you. It's like yeah, wow. Like, when I was like a kid, yeah, yeah. It's like wow. Like you, did you not think that I could do this simple task? It's like Ben Simmons is like, why are you so impressed? Like I was going to shoot eventually. Like damn. Like it's not that crazy. It's, and all I said it on the broadcast. It's like what's all the fuss about? Like come on, man. So you do have an at the buzzer. Yeah. Deshaun Watson had an incredible game, but it wasn't the best thing he's done this week. He started his charity, yeah. and Deshaun Watson has a history of being incredibly charitable. At Clemson, he did so much outreach in the community. Yeah. As rookie year at um, at with the Texans, he like paid uh, like the cafeteria workers for the team because a lot of them lost their homes because of the hurricane that yeah, hit during yeah, his rookie yeah. year. And Him and J.J. Watt were huge yeah, for that. And a yeah. lot of that comes from his house was built by work done in Georgia for his mom and him and like that's clearly had an effect on him it really shows how much helping someone can breed another person that helps and it's just a mm. it's a really good tree of 
goodness and humanity. Yeah, I think Deshaun Watson is blooming into one of the most well-rounded NFL stars we've seen in a very long time. I mean, I'm I get very entertained with his post like his post-game pressers. I hope that becomes a trend, not just with oh, yeah, him explaining the defense. Yeah, yeah, like not just with him, but with everyone showing his knowledge like that and just he's a class act off the field. I'm glad that's what that's what we came around to for you at the buzzer. But that's all the time for we have for this episode. It was a long I see you looking at the clock, Jewel. It was a long one. It was a good discussion though. Good discussion. Big ups to Greg Barron, Kyle Sobieski, and Stat Matt. I guess not behind the camera, in front of the camera today. For my partner Joel Schmitz. It's been real, it's been fun, it's been real fun. To my partner, Stat Matt, I'm James Jackson, and these have been the facts. Straight up.